This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in. It is 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. I am Cam Edwards. Alongside the lovely and talented Miss E. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Uh, so it's a Thursday night as we uh, sit down to record this. We were watching the Red Sox Indians game. Red Sox are coming back, but said it. Uh, but I realized, oh, oh, we haven't done this. Actually, you realized. Uh, when are we going to do the podcast? We do the podcast. We can't oh, keep yeah. sitting here watching the Red Sox lose. So I. I <laughs> I know now that I'm committed to uh, the podcast if I am uh, giving Walk up. away from a Red Sox game. Playoff Red Sox yeah. game, right? Yeah, well, they gave up three home runs in one inning. Yeah, so. yeah, but it was it's early. They already got a run back. It was 4-3 oh. when we stepped away. So. Oh, okay, cool. All right, and it's only, what, fifth it inning? the fifth. Okay, yeah, so, so we have, what, nine innings yes, total for nine, baseball? yes. I always think of the seven inning, but it's the stretch. That's the stretch. Okay. <laughs> Where you sing, take me out to the ball game. And, and go to the bathroom. God bless America. Get him another the, beer. Some parks, yeah. right. Uh, so we are outside this evening. You may hear the crickets chirping behind us. Hopefully you won't hear any coyotes howling or any... Uh, I haven't heard any bellowing cows nearby lately, so it should be a fairly quiet evening. It's Nor like, yipping foxes. Nope. I haven't heard any yipping foxes. I have a friend who lives up in the suburbs outside of Quantico, mm-hmm. and she went on a morning walk, and she took a picture of like a little fox family, and everybody's like, oh, aren't they cute? Oh, look at that. And my comment was, all I can think of when I see fox are chicken thieves. <laughs> so I don't have warm, fuzzy feelings about fox. I have a fox skull on my bookcase from a fox I killed this year sometime. Mm-hmm. When he was near my chickens. Yep. You may hear a a yip from Booker the puppy who is... uh, On my S list today. Inside the house. And uh, yes, why is Booker on your S list, Missy? Well, it's probably my fault. I don't think I secured his crate completely today. And he managed to get out while I had to go meet yet another surgeon. And when I got home, he was at the door. And I'm like, ruh this can't be good. The good news is he did not have any potty accidents in the house. The really bad news is, is that I had finally got the buttons on a baby sweater that I knit for a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. He ate the sweater. He ate, the Booker ate the sweater. Booker ate the sweater. Like, I can't fix it at all because of the way it's constructed. There's no way to bring it back. And the dude came today and I was like... I made your daughter a baby sweater, but I have to make her a new one because my dog ate it. Like, I felt like, like, yeah, my dog ate my homework, but I was like, ugh, I feel like so. So he's been on my shit list all day today. That'll be edited out, I'm sure. No, the I want to go ahead and leave it. No, the S list. Well, it's okay. A random but, uh, curse word every But now it's, then. you know, hours of knitting. Yeah, it's oh, really I know. good yarn. I, I mean, it, it was a scrap yarn project because I had, like, leftover pinks and I thought, oh, I'm going to make this for this person. And I have more, but it's still, like, a lot of time and effort. I was. 
but he's still a cute, adorable puppy. Yeah, he's cute and adorable. <laughs> like, like I said, the only saving grace that he didn't get his little butt beat today was that he didn't poop or pee anywhere. Yeah, at least that. Uh... Yeah, there's that. He ate a pencil, he ate a card, and he ate the sweater. All of it was all over my chaise where I've been living for the past couple of weeks in surgery. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's definitely in the eating phase. In fact, last night uh, caught him trying to eat the floor. Yes, the hardwood floor. Like he, we heard this noise, and I yelled, "Bugger no!" And you were like, "What's he doing?" I'm like, "Eating the floor!" <laughs> like, <laughs> damn dog. Uh, but. He's like five, six months old, and dogs teeth until they're a year old. So, yes, this is going to be... He has a lot of things to eat, by the way. He has a he lot does. of toys to chew up, but we probably need to uh, replenish his supply since he's decimated several of them. Yeah, and every time we go outside, he picks up a stick, like, first thing, and yes. just gnaws on it as yes. he goes on his walk. So. so, yeah, he's a stick. Definitely in a, a teething frame of mind. So, uh, outside of the house and the destruction of sweaters and puppy dogs and uh, uh, a lack of coyotes. The other big news this week was the debate in Farmville, Virginia, the vice presidential debate, the one and only. Caused a whole kerfluffle down in Farmville. It Well, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, it, it, it caused a kerfluffle, but the kerfluffle never came to pass. It was <laughs> That's you know, good. fears of a kerfluffle. They fixed all um, the roads leading to Farmville, too. They've been, they like, repaving everything to make it look all purdy and right. stuff. And and, uh, and there was not a huge influx of uh, out-of-towners, although... Uh, there were some out of towners. Uh, so I, there were I, media trucks. There were media trucks. There were also some Hillary Clinton supporters that had been bussed in. Yeah, because uh, you have to bust them in. I don't think I've seen but one Hillary sign in in the two counties between. There's one right on the way down to Farmville on 15. Mm-hmm. There's a little tiny, and it's like this little one, like all the oh no, but there's like little tiny sign, and I was like, oh look, there's one. I've seen two, one up in Waynesboro and one down there. So, woohoo! I uh, I think I've finally seen like one organic in a yard Hillary sign uh, post debate. Haven't seen any before then. Uh, but as I left Farmville Monday night, I noticed after work, I noticed that someone had put just a ton of uh, Clinton Kane signs up in a public right of way. But it wasn't it wasn't a yard sign. It was you know it was, no, it was it's, a right of way. That's sign. just someone feeling right positive. And then Tuesday morning, when I drove in the morning of the debate um, at the corner of Third and Main in Farmville, there were people standing out uh, front honk if you're for Clinton. Uh, and they weren't getting a lot of honks. Uh, Can but we they do were, this if you're not for no, Clinton? Okay. No, <laughs> no. Okay. But uh, they were wooing each other and, you know, ooh, artificial cheers. Yeah. Uh, and I noticed that they all had the same shirt on. There's a lot of artificiality with that campaign. There is. It sort of trickles down to the supporters right. in that regard. But not uh, all of them. I'm sure there are people who really think she's going to be a good choice. And God bless you. Um. So anyway, they were all wearing the same shirt, uh, you know, all very clearly from one place. Tuesday night, as the uh, debate was going on, uh, watched the debate at uh, Charlie's Waterfront Cafe, and the uh, back room had been uh, rented out by the SEIU, the Service Employees International Union, uh, and they had a couple of buses that uh, everybody, again, piles out of the buses, and they're all wearing the same shirts, and they all go into the back room, and they... Eat at the buffet. And I got to say, like, um, nah, I'm sure there were some who were paying attention to the debate. There were a lot of people there. It seemed like who were there for the food. Oh, yeah. Food and drink. Woo-hoo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be part of the crowd. Just feed me and drink me. Yeah. Uh, so, again, a lot of Hillary Clinton supporters kind of bust into the area. At, at, but, yeah. But, but okay. So, there's unions who support her, and yet she's going to get rid of, like, coal mines? Oh, well, sure, but the SEIU, they're not... That's the, the United but Mine that's Workers a union is the... union thing. Some yeah, instances. but that's the United Mine Workers Union. That's so, a totally different union. Oh. So. Okay. Gotcha. I still don't understand. Well... See, she's such a... She's such a duplicitous person. She's such a liar. She... she I don't... I, I, I know. Rain it in. This isn't a politics podcast. We don't have know, to talk about Hillary Clinton. But you brought up the debate. I'm sorry. Well, I did because I was talking about, you know, it was kind well, of okay. big news in Farmville this Michael week. Michael Caine interrupted, Mike, uh, no, Michael Tim Caine interrupted Michael Pence like over 70 times. Yes. Like he came across like a rabid pit bull and kind of crazy. I don't, 
I don't see him as a vice presidential candidate. I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> you want to talk politics? This is this is like the hour I don't talk politics a week. Do you want to no, talk I'm politics? No, I'm done. We're done. I'm good. Okay. We can go we can go on. <laughs> you and I don't usually because we usually You, you know, can also now sense the amount of planning that goes into each production of yeah. Forty Acres and a Fool. It's, Zero. Right, exactly. None. <laughs> we go, Oh, we have to do a podcast. Let's sit down and talk. So I do have like stories that I find throughout the week that I send myself and say, Oh, I want to talk about and this. And then the there's podcast. the emails that rarely, people send us. Well that's my that, favorite part of the yes. show is you know talking with folks and we've got a lot of emails uh, to get to later in the and i have a well. lot of people who have been commenting really wonderful things on my instagram post and i want to just say thank you thank you thank you thank you like i know there are people out there with similar tr- struggles and other things going on but the fact that they take their take the time out of their day to say nice things and that they're sending me prayers and they're sending hope for the both of us is it's just awesome it is. Um, so before we take a break, actually, let's talk about that and get folks updated on what's going on, because I know that everybody is wondering and they're concerned and they're... Well, it's three three weeks post-surgery, and I'm still really, really, really sore. And ibuprofen and the medication they gave me doesn't seem to help, so I was feeling kind of sorry for myself today because I'm an idiot, and I kept overdoing it several times this week, and I'm paying for it. Um, today, I went down to meet the surgeon who's going to be putting in my port, which is like a, it's like an, a catheter. Um, they put it under your left clavicle. If they can't find a good vein, they stick it in your neck, and I'm hoping that doesn't happen with me because that's just going to look funky. I'm going to look like Frankenstein, but, um, it's, uh, they put a, they put a catheter down through a vein artery. I'm not a nurse, um, into your heart. And then there's this like plastic disc that sort of sits right underneath the surface of your skin. And it makes it so that when they do the IV treatment of the, uh, the IV infusion of the chemotherapy, it doesn't wreck your veins. Like, I have to have IV for three days in a row for four months in a row, like three days, once a month, but four months. So it's 12 times. And can you imagine getting your arms stuck that many times? And the first day is two drugs and it's six hours. So yuck. Mm -hmm. And the next two days are one drug, the second drug. It's like two drugs the first day, drug one, two. And then the third, the second and third day, it's drug two and two. And that's only going to be like two hours. But the drugs are very alkaline. And apparently if they get on your skin, they can cause blisters and stuff. Like, I'm like, wait, this is okay in your veins, but it's not okay on your skin. So I was all good. Like, yeah, please put a port in me. I want to make this as <laughs> not painful as possible because this has sucked all so far. Um, but I met the surgeon. He seems really nice. They were really sweet in the office. Uh, port placement is the 12th. Chemotherapy is the 19th. 20th and 21st and then November, December and January. So and then I made the mistake tonight of looking up the drugs that they're going to be giving me and I got even more like, well, what the bleep? But it's all good. I'm going to be bald. I'm on my fourth cap. I've been knitting myself nice, fine, soft chemo caps of good soft merino wool. Um, tonight I started one of cashmere, so la-di-da, but don't get all, you know, whatever snotty on me. I bought it at a, like, yarn store, like, a million years ago, and I'm finally finding a use for it, so, um, yeah, I'm, today I'm struggling to be positive, Well, my Pollyanna husband told me it could way, way be worse, and I know it could be worse, it's just that today kind of just sucked. And I'm allowed to have sucky days. I'm... I, I wallow for a couple minutes and I throw them off and I just keep going. But I'm scared. And today sucked. So. And the worst thing I read about. Oh, no, actually. Okay, so there's a double bonus on this. So both drugs cause nausea and a lack of appetite. So I'm going to lose weight. So yay, because I'm kind of fat. So that could be a good thing. But they also both cause hair loss and I really like my hair. I get compliments on my hair. I mean, it's not my actual hair color because it's like weird red and a little weird brown and a little bit black and a little bit, a lot of bit of silver at this point. But it's mine. Um, but the good news, you know, the good part is, is if I lose it all, then I won't have any split ends. Um, I can start all over again and it'll, I might just go ahead and leave it because I'm pretty sure 
that it's gonna come in mostly silver gray. But my grandma well, rocked the silver gray. So. Not to be all Polly and his husband here, but um, at least yours will come back. Yes, that's true. And I have had friends who were like, well, I'm not going to look bald because if you're bald, I'm bald. And I'm like, no, that's just stupid. You're not shaving your head because I've got to lose my hair. I already have my husband in my solidarity field. <laughs> he's already rocking the bald. We're going to be rocking the bald together. You've already promised to shave my head if mm-hmm. it starts to fall out. So... I'll save a big lock for my scrapbook. I've been keeping a journal on all of this. So, yeah. Just four more months, and hopefully by the end of January, this is going to be all in my past, and I'm going to be healthy-ish. And the good thing is is that um, this kind of cancer, there's a 50% chance of it coming back, even if you've removed the tumor. And when they removed the tumor, it was clear lymph nodes were good. Um, but the chemotherapy makes it at a 20%, and the 20% is better realized as thinking of it as four out of five people are completely cured. And right. I'm going to take that percentage and yes, run with that. Because I also think that all of the other uh, ancillary factors, your age, your overall health, I think that points you towards being in the 80%. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the 20%. I'm ridiculously healthy and I'm younger than most of the people that they've had to deal with this. Like, what's crazy is all summer long, all the, the, the pulmonologist and the surgeon was like, well, it doesn't look like cancer, it doesn't act like cancer, and lo and behold, it ended up being a cancerous tumor. It's stage two only because of its size. Um, Arnold has been excised. It's it's in the books. Uh, they wouldn't let me take it home. They said it was an environmental hazard, but I call bullshit on that. Um, if they could have put a, it in a jar with some formaldehyde, it would have been awesome for a Halloween decoration, but whatever. I'm hoping I get a picture at least. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to be fine. It just sucks right now. And every once in a while I have a feel sorry for myself day. But only every once in a while. So, it's good. All right. We're going to take a uh, time out here on 40 Acres and a Fool. Yeah, because he's probably going to have to go back and edit all my crap. Mm, no. <laughs> Maybe your potty mouth. But, uh, <laughs> that's about it. Um, no, I'll leave that there. Uh, we will be back with much more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So one of the things that uh, we did this past weekend, uh, I was supposed to go to Florida originally before uh, every all the, the, all the nasty crap uh, yeah. started happening. Uh, well, I was supposed to go to Florida, <laughs> right? Uh, the well-armed woman was having their conference, and I was going to go speak there, but uh, Carrie Lightfoot is awesome, the uh, founder of the well-armed woman. She understands completely what's going on, and she's uh, uh, very gracious when I told her I, I couldn't come. Um, so... Stuck around uh, close to home, but I did take my uh, youngest daughter, our youngest daughter, she's your youngest daughter too. Basically. Yeah, I know. Uh, up to Farm Fest at the uh, Lee Wayside Village. Yeah, last weekend. In uh, Buckingham County, which was fun. There were uh, a lot of 
antique tractors there. Our and neighbor had a family tractor up there, didn't his he? First, his family's first tractor, yeah, and uh, John Deere. Uh, what year was, was it? Because he, he used to say that his wife's family's been here longer because they've been here from the 1700s, and mm-hmm. he's only been here from the 1800s, but mm-hmm. surely that tractor wasn't from the 1800s. Well, they didn't have tractors in the 1800s. Well, no, they had horses and plows. Right, but. that's the thing. I mean, most of the smaller farms around here probably didn't get their first tractors until 1950s, oh, maybe okay. 1960s. Because that tractor looked so pretty. Oh, yeah, it's like, been it, really restored. Yeah, it's and, been taken well care of. Yeah, uh, but uh, some of the local farms had their had some of their uh, pigs up here. Uh, uh, they also had... Uh, a really stern-looking cow. Yeah. We took several pictures of it and placed it on <laughs> right. Instagram. Like, yeah, you can rah. see the serious cow yeah. being very serious uh, at Cam Edwards, also a Missy at uh, Corny Goat Farm. Uh, there was a Jersey cow that I didn't get a picture of who was uh, very, very sweet. With oh. uh, Jerseys are usually, they have really pretty little faces, and they're mm-hmm. awesome. That's the one I wanted to get for us for milk, a mini Jersey. Okay. Yeah, this one was really, really sweet. Uh, so we had a good time, and then that night we went to the five-county fair. Oh, yeah, you and uh, Kid 5 had, like, a total date day. Right. Although uh, Kids 4 and 5 went oh, that's to the right. fair. That's right. Kid uh, 4 got talked into going to the fair. Yes, originally he was like, oh, I don't want to go. I go. So, well, you need to get out of the house. So we uh, we went to the fair. We had a good time. Kid 4, our youngest son, uh, gets motion sick, but he actually rode the Tilt-A-Whirl, like, four times without puking. Which that's was, amazing. I know, like, right? I'm really surprised <laughs> about that. Like, I can do roller coasters, but I can't do the spinny things. I know. The fact that he did the spinny thing like, is four like, four times. What? And then he had dinner, and he went again, and oh, he still didn't puke. Oh, so that's... Making progress. Yay. Great. Good for him. Uh, he was very upset uh, at one point. Actually, he wasn't too upset, but uh, he was bummed. We walked through the carnival midway and there was a some sort of you know like stuffed alien robot thing that he wanted to win and it was a matter of shooting uh, a cork gun at like little solo cups and the you had to match the number uh, in the cup to the prize uh, right so yeah. it was a game of chance so good the good luck. news is he's pretty good shot yeah got, oh he has a pretty good, good shot he does um bad news was he never got the right number oh. and uh yeah i kept trying to like hint to the guy behind the counter like hey you know my son really just wants to win that one thing up there you know like the thing is probably worth two, two bucks, bucks so if i give you a ten dollars so you can have enough chances you know wouldn't it be great if he could just win the thing and uh, i can't do that i'm like really you really okay but uh i would have probably taken that guy by the ear by the house <laughs> by the side and said look this kid is has some special needs. i ran into uh the honest carney so yeah well and, uh, didn't happen. Not so honest, to be honest, because all of those games are sort of rigged to a certain degree. A little, little bit. A little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah. no, a lot of bit. <laughs> <laughs> but they all had a good time. Uh, we watched a little bit of the professional wrestling that uh, was taking place in the last night of the Farmville, of the five-county fair. professionals were at the professional wrestling? Uh, well, I, I don't think you would have heard of them. It's it's more, at this, at this level, it's more artisanal, <laughs> small batch. <laughs> Wrestling. Well, I have I have friends who know wrestling, so I'm I just know. curious. They, uh, they I believe it. I believe it's the Bruiser Wrestling League, uh, and I think a lot of these this is not their this is not their full time job. It's you know something they do a couple of weekends a month when they can get enough money. And, like my sturdy put, UPS dude, like doing that on the weekends. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. But it was cool. It was fun. And, okay. You know, they had a good crowd, and uh, they had people. You know, the seats were full, and there were people. Standing around outside. So and you guys got to check out the critters. There were more critters late there were a in the lot day of than you thought. Yeah, there were, uh, for the last day of the five county fair, there were an awful lot of goats. Um, some cows. Actually, they uh, it was new this year at the five county fair. They had a petting zoo area set up. Oh, okay. Uh, so that was pretty cool. That's pretty brave. It, it was. I mean, uh, for people to put their pets out there to get infected with kid germs. Yeah, it was one. Um, Farm and they're like a rescue farm, so they oh. have a lot of different so they don't really critters, care. <laughs> and I suppose a lot of them are already in bad shape. Right. Their bread's probably more concerned about what the animals are giving the kids yeah. at that point. But uh, uh, Kid Five said something about some really cute bunnies. Yes, uh, and I just tried to explain to her that you know if we were to get bunnies, it would be for 
meat. Meat, and I really... I don't want to do that because yeah, no, they're just too cute. Like, I have friends who raise rabbits for food. My great-uncle raised rabbits for food. I just... I No, they're just too cute and fluffy. But if anybody else raises rabbits for food and wants to send us some cured skins, I'll turn them into mittens and send them back. It's all good. Like, I had this... I, we, I, I almost had something set up with somebody, but I don't know what happened. But, yeah, I can't... No, nah, no. Nah. I might be able to raise them and farm out the processing because I like rabbit. It tastes like turkey. Yes, one of the... Uh, we had a rabbit pot pie. Yeah, we, we got it at the, at the... Farm Swap. Uh, Gill Manor, mm-hmm. I think it was. So I, I picked up a rabbit pot pie. The first one I bought, the dog ate. Yes. Barney. Yep. He's no longer with us, but not because he ate the rabbit pot pie. <laughs> he died of natural causes. Um, but then the next time I went back, I bought another rabbit pot pie, and we ate it. And I was trepidatious because I was thinking, oh, the cute little bunnies. But the cute little bunnies tasted like a turkey pot pie. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do this again. And yeah. then I've, I've since bought rabbit from a farmer's market, and I've also turned it into pot pie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I like rabbit. I just, I just don't know I, that I can. No. It was hard enough doing that goat that one time. Yeah. Yeah, I processed that one goat. Right. Um, that was hard. It, it was it hasn't been difficult doing pigs because I like them and all, but they're pigs. Right. But when I had to do that one goat, and I did the goat because she was supposed to be a dairy goat. She sucked at being a dairy goat, and if you're not a dairy goat, then you're meat. So, there yeah. you go. So, she wasn't a very big goat because she was a Nigerian dwarf. So, all of what I got out of her got turned into gyros. And, oh, my God, she was tasty as gyros. Yeah, that was really yummy. Yeah. We got to do that. We got to well, get some more gyro meat. There's a couple back there. I know. There are a couple of. of big ones that are Frankie, re- ready to go. We don't need Frankie anymore no. because he was a he was the companion to the buck we had. Mm-hmm. We don't have any more bucks. Nope. So, we don't need a weather. Right. And he's just food in and nothing out. Yep. And he's big. What? And he's really big. He's uh he's a Nigerian Nubian cross. Okay. Which is why he sounds like <laughs> when he makes a noise. <laughs> that's a really he, I don't think we've ever heard the goats or at least that goat, but that's a really spot on imitation Thank of Frankie you. the Goat. I actually know all it's kinda weird. I know all of my goats sounds. Like, I can hear them and yelling at me, one. and I know who's doing the yelling. Right. Uh, and there's six of them. I think the only one I don't know is Toffee, but Toffee is the baby, and she doesn't really complain much. Mm-hmm. But the other five are really good about letting me know that they don't like things. <sighs> yeah, this is one of the uh, projects this weekend. The Now that we've had some rain and the ground is uh, soft, ground is soft again, uh, Missy will be supervising as... Uh, the 16-year-old and I move the goat fences and the hog fences around and get everybody ready for winter. It's definitely, we're definitely in fall now. It was like a, a yeah. switch got flipped and all of a sudden it's like, okay, the 90-degree yeah. days, let's just turn everything down about 20 degrees. Well, it's funny because we had like the driest summer ever mm-hmm. and then like last week it was like rain, 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 rain. So everything got really green. Again, yeah. And it's fall, but it's all still really green here. Like we have not seen too many tree changing no nothing else we have a dogwood that's gone red buried on us which Mm -hmm. is a fall thing but other than that all the trees down along our our driveway are very very green it's it's you can you can tell that falls here but i've noticed like after living here for a few years you can tell like subtle variances in the shades of green there's like there's definitely a an april green and there's an August green. Well, yeah. And there's an October green. April green's got a lot more yellow in it. The October green is like more foresty, but it's still really green. Here. It is. It is. Um, it's just a little bit duller, a little bit drabber, not quite as technicolor as no. it is, you know, uh, in the summer months. But, but I still like when you drive down the driveway. It's one of those things. Like I remember, like oh, years, the- years ago, I wrote a, a poem about how. At the beach, like there are more grays than ever could be crayons, mm-hmm. and that's how it is here. There are more greens than ever could be crayons. Like, there are. I can't capture all, all the different the colors of right. greens in the crayons and the water, the pencils, and everything else that I have. 
Oh. But I suspect in the next couple of weeks we're going to uh, see the leaves start to turn. Oh, I have to say, though, speaking yes. of coloring, I have a really good friend with a wicked sense of humor, and she has sent me a really interesting collection of coloring books <laughs> to keep me occupied during chemotherapy. And one is, go F yourself, I'm coloring. And the other one is, cheer the F up. And so I'm really looking forward to bringing those to my cancer treatment center and coloring away with my colored pencils. Ordinarily, you know, I'm not a huge fan of adult coloring books, but I think that uh, exceptions should be made for uh, those well, the, who are the, convalescing. The, the one of the go after yourself, I'm coloring, right. it's got, you know, positive affirmations of just with curse words in it. So okay. I'm, I, that's, I'm, that's all good. That's, so, that's you. Yeah, that's, that's you. totally me. Well, I, I, I give you positive affirmations, but I throw in a lot of colored vocabulary. I did see, because our friend... Even and my I, and mom I know that, said that those were up my alley. They right? are. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I did see that, uh, and I was I, I just thought it was funny because I know that our friend had sent you those coloring books. So the NRA now has an adult coloring book that they just put out in the NRA store. Right. So I'm getting you that one. Awesome! That's going to be my adult coloring okay. book that I get for you. I'll color in all my guns and my curse words <laughs> and my whatevers, and it'll be good. We'll frame some. She has, I, I told my friend, I'm like, I'm going to color so You better hang them up, and I will, I will display them proudly. So, yeah. There you go. All right. We're going to take a, another time out. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming to you this week from the kitchen table. No, I'm no, sorry. From the, the picnic, picnic table. table out in the yard. Yes, the picnic table. Uh, and we've got a couple more segments, including a lot of your emails from around the country. So stick around. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So the taxes. Okay, here's the the bottom line here. The New York Times illegally obtained. We know that the obtaining of the taxes was illegal. New York Times illegally obtained Donald Trump's 19, a few pages of his 1995 tax return on which he claimed a $916 million loss. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So while we are sitting here enjoying a beautiful fall evening, I know that uh, some of you are probably not. Yeah. Uh, and if you are being impacted by Hurricane Matthew right now, you are definitely in our thoughts and our prayers. I know a lot of folks uh, who have been evacuated. We've got friends whose parents live uh, down in uh, South Carolina and it uh, looks like the path uh, may be going eastward, but they're still probably going to have to leave their homes. And Yeah, I've got friends in South Carolina boarding up. i got friends in Florida boarding up. I just hope that everybody's going to be safe. And and just if, if they say leave, leave. Like, stuff is stuff. Your life is way more important than the things that you own. And I know it's hard to do that, but, you know, if you got to take your pictures put them on a hard drive if you have it take all your boxes of photographs take your the little important things but don't risk your life to stay in your house because hurricanes are freaking awful they don't care right yeah i know it's it's you know having lived in the midwest and grown up in the midwest where there are tornadoes like tornadoes are awful too yeah but tornadoes you can you can get away from a tornado. Yeah. You can, you know, like... They're, and sometimes they're so capricious that they just, like... And they're only, like, a mile Well, that's the thing, wide. right? If there's a tornado that's a mile wide, that is a huge tornado. If there's a hurricane that's a mile wide, it's not a hurricane. No, it's a tropical storm, if that. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a downpour. And the thing about this one is that it looks like, and I've seen a couple of models, it's going to go up the east coast to north carolina and curve out and come back but it's going to come back it's going to weaken over the mm-hmm. ocean and come back as a tropical storm and possibly hit florida and the bahamas all over again but it's going to hit it as rain right. and and a tropical storm but it doesn't it's going to suck even worse if you're you've lost your house like there were buildings demolished 25 people dead in the bahamas and that whole area alone but the other thing about that is that we're talking about not well-built homes to begin with because this is like a place where you could live in a shack all year long and it's awesome but Mm -hmm. um yeah i I just 
I'm 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 feeling for my friends in Florida and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep all of you in our uh, thoughts and our prayers. Um, now before we actually, you know what? We probably should start getting to some emails here because we've got a lot of okay. emails to get to. So so thank you for taking the time. Yes. By the way. Uh, so let's start with Charity here, who says, um, I'm at a loss for words after listening to the last few podcasts. I just want to give Missy a big hug and tell her everything's going to be all right. I want to let her know, I want uh, to let her know how strong we mere mortals can be in hard times. And I want to share one of our own stories, which was when we learned three years ago that our newly born daughter had Down syndrome. We had a million questions. Are the doctors wrong? How do we handle this? How will yeah. others handle this? There was so much troubling information about her condition that it became overwhelming and downright scary. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the, the commonalities there, uh, honestly, Charity, yeah. is that the, the you don't know, and so you try to find out answers, and then like, there's just the this answers glut are so of information. Right. My, my, my sister has a daughter who had Down syndrome, and she's 25, so Charity... It could go well, and we were lucky with my niece because she didn't have the associated health problems of uh, impaired digestive system or heart issues. Uh, and Charity says, uh, we made the decision that we would live our lives in the present and would still be prepared for the worst, but we wouldn't let it shape our future. And she's been our little girl, and we would accept her as a gift from God. We've been extremely lucky as she has had no major medical problems. Yeah, good, good. Uh, everyone good has thing. been so kind and loving towards her. As I wrote before, we bought her acreage for many reasons, but we're so happy to know that Amelia will grow up in the country. She'll have wildflowers to pick, frogs to catch, and woods to explore. And she'll do it all. Mm-hmm. And as long as you give her all the loving support and you follow up on therapy and stuff like that, like my sister treats my niece like all the other kids she has chores she has homework and she has everything else she has a sassy freaking attitude (laughs) she tries to boss her bigger brothers and now mind you they call her peanut for a reason she is a little person but her brothers are like seven feet tall literally literally no no they are literally seven feet tall they are football players and cops and massive and she will boss them around like nobody's business because she has been brought up with the attitude that she's just another one of the kids yeah Charity says, um, on a gardening note, we had a pretty good garden this year. Lots of tomatoes, peppers, and cucumbers. Oh, good for you. Well, hang on. Uh, No, don't start. Listen, don't feel sorry for yourself about the garden. I still have peppers. My peppers are good. I've got... You can feel sorry for yourself every now and then for moments at a time about the cancer, but not about the garden. Well... Because you know what? People who tried to have a garden this year around here didn't have a garden. No, I know. I have really good friends who, like, work their butts off, and it still sucks. So I have a patch of peppers and only ghost and jalapeno habaneros, by the way. Charity says that we planted seven pumpkin plants, only harvested one. Yeah. One apple tree survived out of the three this winter. We do have plans on planting more next year. Our strawberry patch finally produced enough to eat. Don't ask, Charity says, about the blueberries. Just just don't. Okay. Our, nobody's blueberries did well this year. Like, ours maybe gave us a cup or two, right. but there's a whole, there was a blueberry farm that one of my friend's husbands works at. Mm-hmm. They didn't get hardly any. Yeah, we like, had that late freeze. It was it a bad hurt. late freeze. Yep. Uh, Charity says, it also looks like we'll be making our garden fence taller next year to keep the chickens and deer from chomping on our plants. Yeah, deer. Free-range chickens are a great idea until they try to eat all the tomatoes in the garden. Yes. Yeah, or the peppers. Or the peppers. I think think I'm going to have spicy eggs because my chickens (laughs) keep pecking at the habanero and the ghost peppers. I'm like, how can you possibly eat those peppers? Built-in huevos rancheros. Yeah. Well, Charity says, thanks for sharing your life with us. And Charity, thanks for sharing your life with us, too. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And, And uh... Uh, get ready for winter. I mean, it's South Dakota, so I hope you're prepared. But your little girl is blessed because she has understanding parents. And if you just treat her like a regular kid, she's going to grow up and blossom. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Arturo wrote in as well. He says, uh, Cam, Miss H and myself uh, want you to know that Missy e is in our thoughts, and we wish her a speedy, successful recovery. Thank you, Arturo. Arturo and says, Miss H. On uh, your last podcast, he says, you mentioned that you didn't know the latest regarding the Newstead Farm Essay Contest. 
I uh, said the deadline had already been extended to September 21st, and unfortunately, they did not receive enough entries. It was, yeah. am- it was ambitious, he says, in retrospect, to get 7,000 submissions at $233 each for a total of $1,631,000. I know, he says, because I tried contacting them in order to enter the contest. Uh-huh. Explicitly writing one's goals and desires in 200 words or less can be a challenge. Also a helpful introspective exercise. Yeah. He said, uh, in the spirit of helping uh, and perhaps inspiring others, I thought that I would share our entry and not let it go to waste. Uh, (laughs) Uh, He says, I say ours, although Ms. H actually wrote it. Uh, He says, my only contribution was editing it down from 293 to 196 words. Uh, And and so this is what uh, Arturo and uh, Ms. H came up with. Why I would like to own and operate Newstead Farm. I grew up in urban cities knowing nothing about farming and stumbled upon urban homesteading while looking to reduce my carbon footprint and live a healthier lifestyle. As I delved deeper, taking homesteading classes, visiting farms, and talking to farmers, I discovered a new passion in gardening. My other passion is dog rescue. I've been fostering and placing dogs rescued from animal shelters in forever homes with loving families for many years. That's nice. I have a vegetable garden and enjoy growing fresh food for my family. I want to own Nudestead Farm because I know I can do a lot of good with such an opportunity to grow a surplus of food, to share with the less fortunate, have space to save more dogs, and improve the land for the benefit of future generations. I and my family would be stewards of the land and work towards hosting classes to teach others how they can be good stewards of their land, too. And finally, at the appropriate time towards the end of my life, I would ensure that this wonderful gift of Newstead Farm passes on to another like-minded family, pledged to helping and serving the community. Arturo, if it had been up to me, I, that's a good essay. That is a good essay. That's you would have really uh, you would have bought the farm, so to speak. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, it, up to you. Yeah, yeah, it sucks that the uh, that they didn't get enough uh, entries for that, and I don't know what will happen. Going forward, I guess it goes on the market. Maybe and they'll, they'll try again, or they'll go to auction. I don't know. Maybe. You know, the sad thing is... So people I, I've aren't se- buying farms. Well, not only that, but people aren't entering these contests. Like, I've seen a number of these contests where you can win, like, a bed and breakfast, or you can win an inn. Uh, actually, in Virginia, there was a goat farm yeah. that uh, was up uh, for an essay contest last year. And, they, and I've yet to see one of these things actually get enough entries... Where the contest actually Well, concludes. I think that's the fault of the person doing it because they probably have to do better marketing and social networking. Like, I didn't see any of this on Facebook. I didn't see any of this on Instagram. Like, they really need to work. If they really, truly want to do this, mm-hmm. then they really need to embrace social media. I know that a lot of this is like they're older and they don't know it or they just don't have the tools, but somebody young has to come up and step up and do the work for them. Like there, there could be a blast. There could have been right. a, a, an Instagram blowout, a, a Facebook blowout. Like I think if they actually embrace social media and, mm-hmm. and, and wrote it out, they would have had enough people in every regard. But they, I don't know. It just didn't happen. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes on Newstead Farm and let you know if uh, there are any new details. But uh, thanks for checking in, Arturo. Um, let's see. Why don't we go ahead and take our uh, last? Actually, no. Why don't we get to a couple more emails here? <laughs> Otherwise, the last segment's going to be super duper. Me long. yawning, yeah, um, and you yawning. So uh, Trent wrote in with uh, his Walker's restaurant story. Trent, yes, Isn't it Trent, our Trent, our Trent, Trent who follows me on Instagram. Trent who follows you on Instagram, yes, Trent in Indiana. Uh, he said um, when you were talking about Walker's restaurant, it made me stop in my tracks. In the exceedingly small town that's really my home, there was a Walker's, opened in the 1950s, I think. It was an institution. During my adolescence, we would eat there often, and when I was working for a local dairy farmer, it was the daily lunch spot. I was the youngest member of the Liar's Table. That was the nickname for the eight-person round table in the corner of the diner that was permanently reserved for farmers. (laughs) We'd go in and sit down. Specials would arrive, always with coffee, even in July. Someone was always happy with how their beans looked. Someone else was sure this was the year it would end them. But it was always the same crew. Doug and Gene, Junior, Larry, and Dutch. In 20 years, Trent says, I don't think I saw but a handful of farmers sit there. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And if you were there for breakfast, you had Jeannie's eggs on the plate. When Jeannie was on the grill, you just ordered eggs. You got them how she made them. Over easy <laughs> meant nothing to Jeannie. Over hard, scrambled, you saw Jeannie, you just said eggs. Oh, he said, my freshman year of college, a grease fire in the early afternoon leveled walkers. Oh. The owners were well into their 70s. Their children didn't want to rebuild. 
It sits oh, in a vacant lot. That's a shame. Or it sits in now a vacant lot. No more than a week goes by that myself or my wife doesn't turn to the other and say, Walker sounds good. It probably always will. Trent. Says Trent. Walker's is for sale if you want to come to Farmville and buy it. Uh, we've already done the math. I'm not too I, yeah, sure how anybody a, can afford to make I it don't, work. I don't... They I, were only ever a breakfast and lunch place, and every other restaurant renovation show I have ever seen has said you can't do that and make a living. You'd have to do dinner, breakfast, and lunch. We've talked about buying it kind of no, half-acidly. <laughs> no, half-acidly. We've said, and oh, turning it's for into sale. A, And turning it into a donut shop. That's like one of those, oh, wouldn't it be it's cool? It's a pipe dream if, if we won the... If we had like an angel investor who just invested in Or if we won shops. the lottery, you know. Yes, uh, if right. we won the lottery, we had cash to just <laughs> blow. we could waste money on uh, business yeah. ventures because we think that they would be neat. But um, because it's a Valentine diner. It's I know. Like a, it's a classic, but it's 12 yeah. top. Like, that's it. Right. That's the thing that stinks. Even the... American Diner revival TV show that went there and mm-hmm. put some tables outside. Like, it's still Virginia. Like, you can't eat outside in for two months of the year, the two summer. seasons of the year. <laughs> right. You can't eat outside when it's too hot. You can't eat outside when it's too cold. Like, and yeah. I ate there right after they renovated, and you can't eat outside anyway because the service kind of sucked. Well, they they were a little shorthanded at that point, yeah, I think. Yeah, so... Anyway, um, on to the master rotation plan, Trent says, ah. for the uh, 2017 garden. As long um, as his puppy cooperates, he's got a he's got a puppy too. Yeah, I know. He says he's not going to be overwintering hogs. He says, frankly, right now I'm not set up for it. Our winters are just bad enough that unless and until a permanent structure were in place, I would not want to fight the elements. He says my goal is a market weight hog around this time of year, the first two weeks of October, uh, when the garden has pretty much run its course. So I'm looking at a hog ferret in late February or early March to give me six or seven months to hit the 240 pound mark. Yeah, preference would be a Berkshire, Hampshire, or a Berkshire Durrett cross. Yeah, a Berkshire and cross is good. We had a Berkshire Tamworth. Mm-hmm. We had two Berkshire Tamworth crosses and they were super meaty and nice and lean. Uh, much less fatty than our American guinea hogs. Yep. Which we have two of now that are kind of like pets. And uh, Trent is hoping to use a lot of the uh, the garden waste things that get buggy or overripe, uh, feeding those to the hogs, which we do uh, here as well. I wonder if we could move them down to that and get them if we if we topped off all the weeds and toppled them over i wonder if they could do that good down there and root it up again for us um maybe because we all all you need to do is shake a feed pail at them and they fail follow you yeah i just have to the only problem with putting the hogs over winter in them in our garden is we don't really have any uh uh she would have to build a shelter down there for them but we have a natural windbreak yeah, on three sides. Yeah, but there's no like, there's no covering. There's nothing, there's uh, no trees or anything like that. So they need an actual shelter. Yeah, I don't uh, have one there where they are now. I know they. Uh, we've so gotta we got to do it anyway before winter. So um, it's got to be done in, regardless. But okay, more of Trent's email because yeah, these are sorry. the email segments. No, no, we talked about our garden. No, I know, but we're just it. It, it provides food for thought. It does. It does. Uh, the duck, pig, chicken rotation, Trent says, is genius if I do say so myself. Uh, chickens <laughs> can be hell in a garden. They scratch. They like the fruit. They'll decimate plants in short order, and while they mm. work on the bugs, many will happily ignore the tomato hornworm simply to eat the tomato. Yeah. Ducks aren't that way, says Trent. They prefer the slimy winged insect treats, and aside from lettuce greens and strawberries, they just leave garden plants and fruits alone. I suppose it's a duck breed, because my friend is having an opposite problem. She's having duck eat her garden so Mm. there you go just beware then Trent Uh, (laughs) just as important as the science of duck poop unlike chicken poop says Trent which is incredibly high in nitrogen and thus considered a hot manure which requires composting before being used around plants duck poop is cool and Ah. can be used as soon as it is uh, delivered to the area ducks don't scratch once plants are beyond the tender phase of planting and emergence all is well the chickens have plenty of room to range elsewhere the garden is plenty big to keep the ducks happy I'll be wrapping the perimeter with green snow fence to keep the ducks in and the chickens out uh, that's phase one, the duck rotation. Phase two would be the hog rotation. Uh, as a uh, crop comes out of the garden, uh, Trent says the ducks will have their fencing adjusted. The hogs will come in to clean up the plants, root up anything we left, turn yeah. over and continue to fertilize the spent garden area. Um, 
And he's got to plant this so that the different areas of the garden matures, uh, you know, or the early stuff goes in in a certain area, and then it'll be the stuff that goes in later. And Waste so he'll kind of right yeah, now as an actual plan. Uh, phase three, he says, uh, more realistically called the poultry phase, will allow the chickens and ducks back into the garden to level the hog ruts and fine till. He says, I deep litter my coop, so this is the time, pre-hard yes. winter, when the coop will be cleaned and I the hot it. chicken manure will be put to overwinter on the garden. Completing the rotation of pest control and fertilizer by duck, till and fertilized by hog, and till and compost by chicken. Yeah, I called mine deep till, deep winter, uh, t- deep what? Overwintering? No, no the, the chickens. The, oh, the uh, the deep litter method. Deep litter method too. Until it just got too deep that the chickens gave up trying to lay in the coop, and they started laying in weirdly inappropriate places <laughs> while I was in the hospital. So, yeah, thankfully the you cleaned I out. I cleaned it out. The it's, they're, it's they're good. Awful, nice and sweet hay smelling. And yes, and they've, the they've girls are thanked us by low, starting to lay yeah, more eggs. They're down. actually. I actually have ten eggs now. So from my five hens and my. Two roosters. I have a an adult uh, Americana rooster who's crowing, and I have another Americana rooster. The first Americana rooster was supposedly a hen who right. wasn't laying, wasn't laying, wasn't laying, and all of a sudden she started crowing. And then I got the replacement when we knew he was a hen a rooster. So yeah, they're really really pretty. They're like black and green feathered. And the the younger one has a really beautiful splash of gold feathers around his neck, and mm-hmm. it's like it's like the black, but it's it, the black feathers are like tinged on the edges with gold. Like it's it. He's really going to be a pretty rooster. He is going to be a really pretty. And rooster. when we have more chickens, because I've got chickens growing at my friend's house, mm-hmm. so we'll have more hens soon, and we'll have enough hens for the the roosters we have, and. Yeah. There'll be balance restored to the coop. Balance will be restored to the coop. All right. It'll We're going to take a time out. We've got more coming up right after this. So stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Hey, it's October, and that means close to the election. We'll talk to a candidate, a presidential candidate. He thinks he has a shot, Evan McMullen. Plus, Dr. Jorge explains why your next antibiotic might be a Frankenvirus that eats your disease. Ooh, spooky. Pure Opelka. Saturday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Joining us for the uh, last segment of the podcast this week, Bullet, the uh, wonder dog who decided to follow me outside here moments ago. So you may hear some heavy breathing. That's not me. It's not Mizzy. No. Not anymore. No. Five on that at least, right? (laughs) It's... (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm only wheezing occasionally, so that's a good thing. Uh, so um, let's get back to some of the emails that uh, we've received over the uh, the last week or so. Uh, EA uh, writing, and actually a Liz in New York uh, wrote in and says, I wrote to you and Missy a couple of weeks ago. I'm catching up on the podcast. I wish I was closer to help out with the chores. Uh, she says, uh, I can totally understand what you guys are experiencing when I was 31, I experienced health issues that I attributed to buying our land and building our house. The doctor thought it was endometriosis. Turns out oh. it was a very rare and nasty uterine sarcoma. Ah! Liz says that was 1998, and I am still here. Yay. Yay. Uh, Liz says, I'm not sure the details of my journey are really that important, but I want to pass along some learnings oh. in case that they're helpful. No, your journey is super important because you lived it, so don't even be that way. Okay, so here's what Liz has to say to you. Okay, okay but I just wanted to affirm. Like she, well, I know it's important to her. She's just not sure if it was germane to you. But well, it's important regardless. Okay, because she's sharing it. Yes. 
So a nurse told me it's okay to feel frustrated, angry, and sad. Just make sure that it's a waypoint and not the destination of the That's journey. That's how I've been. Thank you. Stay off of the internet for the specific <laughs> diagnosis. I can't. There's a lot of scary God, stuff out there yeah. that may or may not be correct. For me, it did serve to scare me and wear me down. Just stay yeah. away from it. Okay. That's that's good after today. <laughs> Don't underestimate the mental aspect of a cancer diagnosis. The mental aspect. Utilize counselors, meditation, yoga, stay on top of sleep hygiene and relaxation. If there's a local Gilda's Club, look into it. A cancer diagnosis is just freaking stress-filled, says Liz. It's yeah. okay to ask for and to use any help out there. Uh, Liz says, I got a lot of strength talking to survivors, especially long-term survivors. I visualize them as giving me a hand, pulling me along my journey, and I visualize myself giving a supporting hand to others after I was done with my active treatment. Kind of like what you're doing right now, Liz. Yeah, that's a good thing to do, and you're doing it for me. Uh, Liz says, I thought about the bell curve a lot. A lot of cancer talk revolves around statistical probabilities. Yes. Why can't I be that data point with a long-term survival rate? Seriously, somebody has to be that data point, so why shouldn't it be me? Trying. Uh, Liz says, I was scared to start chemo, but starting it got me closer to finishing it. Yeah, I Uh, am too. She said, I tend to have very straight hair. After chemo was done, when my hair grew back in, it came back in very curly. And it was That's the- so funny. That's another friend told me that her grandmom had chemo and her hair came back curly. <laughs> she said it was the best, very expensive perm that she's ever gotten. I, I'm hoping. Like, I've had straight hair my entire life. Maybe it'll come back silver and curly. <laughs> Uh, Liz says, I found this book after I was done with active treatment, and it might be helpful to you. Cancer, 50 Essential Things to Do by Greg Anderson. Okay. Liz says, I found it very full of actionable items. She says, I had to give myself permission to treat myself. I tried to celebrate every victory. I found a great path in a park close to one of my doctors, uh, no matter how small. And uh, finally, Liz says, it's so very important for the caregivers to take care of themselves. Uh, Maybe some of this helps. Please know that you all are my thoughts and prayers. And Liz, thank you. It does absolutely help. It totally does. Thank you so much, Liz. And thank you for thinking of us. Yes. Um, Robin wrote in as well in the uh, Shenandoah Valley. Unfortunately, the, uh, the job that Robin thought she had found didn't like it. She said uh, it was a horrible job, even though I did show up every day and I tried my best. It was the kind of job that was listed in the same category as galley slave. It uh. was just one of those things where it was not a good fit, so she's on the job market again. Um, she says, my older sister was telling me she was reading in the Washington Compost uh, that there were... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the cleverest version of the Washington Post I've heard. That's awesome. Thank you. So in the compost, uh, there was a story about a lot of middle-aged women who are dying out there as they can't get jobs and their adult kids are hanging on. Uh, uh, they feel so bad they start drinking or using heroin, become addicted, and they're dying. It's, oh. it's true. The mortality rate for white women in their uh, 50s is hugely high because they're dying of drug overdoses. Well, they're that dying sucks. Of- Thank God I never... Ugh, ugh, no. Ugh, ah. so. <laughs> she said when I was looking for a job back in 2010, I had heard that if you're over 50, you wouldn't get an interview. Now I'm hearing if you're over 40, you won't get an interview. Oh, crap. I'm going to be 60 in January, Robin says. How did I get this old? And I don't feel it or look it other than my white hair, which is really like blonde right now, but it doesn't seem to matter. Robin says, anyway, enough about my crying and whining. I have my health. I cannot ask for more than that. I was heartened to hear Missy bring up uh, being up and around, and I was admiring her lovely chemo cap on Instagram. I understand the anxiety about the chemo, but I would have to vote, even though it doesn't count for her to do it. No, I'm voting for it. It takes my... um, um, The doctors have said that... The chemo, the lung cancer has got a 50% chance of coming back if I don't do it, but it has a 20% chance. And and the 20% I don't like as much, but the four out of five survival rate I like more. So, yeah, I'm going to do it. I don't like it, but I'm doing it. Um, Robin's younger sister was diagnosed at 54 with ovarian cancer, uh, uh, and it was stage 2B as well. She said, uh, unfortunately, she had been going to homeopathy school at the time and had just finished the class on homeopathic oncology. Who knew that they had this, says Robin. Uh, She says, my family's pretty known for being hard-headed, so true to form, she was damned and determined to beat the cancer without chemo, which, of course, was prescribed. And um, long story short, she died at a very young 56, Robin says. So Uh. she says, I'm not clairvoyant. I can't tell you she would have survived if she had had the chemo, but the doctors were flabbergasted. So uh, Robin votes in. The doctors have been flabbergasted this entire summer because my tumor has never been 
has never looked like cancer. Like the pulmonologist and the surgeon, every single test, it doesn't look like cancer, doesn't look like cancer, it's not acting like cancer, it's not cancer. And all of a sudden, oh, by the way, yeah, it's cancer. It's stage two. So, yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Yeah, it has. Um, anyway, Robin, listen, I am so sorry to hear that uh, the job did not work out for you, and I really appreciate you thinking of us during some tough times for you, and uh, we're thinking of you as well. I I hope that you find something soon. Yeah. And, uh, and again, if I hear of anything in the uh, Shenandoah Valley area, I know roughly where you are. Uh, if I hear of any openings, anything along those lines, I will drop you a line and I will let you know. But thank you for writing in this week. Yeah, thank you so much. It's always so nice to hear from people that take the time out to to make to try to make me feel better. It's I can't even. Well, we're not done yet. I can't even define. <laughs> well, we're not. It, okay, we're not done I know. Yet. Keep going. Uh, Bob and Lisa writing in. Cam and Miss E, I darn near drove off the road yesterday. I was listening to the podcast when Miss E joined in, and I can't say I've ever been so happy to hear the voice of someone I've never met. <laughs> and while you still may not feel well due to the surgery, you certainly have a much stronger voice again. Says Bob. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I feel I I am stronger. I'm just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. I think anybody can identify with that. And tomorrow was having a kind of pity party for myself. It was like a fifteen minute pity party, but I'm I'm better now. I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna get through this. I have I have five children. I can't not be here for them. And you, God, you would be so lost without me. So yeah, it's all good. Bob says, uh, with all of your trials and tribulations that this uh, illness has brought, uh, has brought back a, a rush of memories of my youngest daughter. During college, she had a tumor removed from her pituitary gland. Two years later, it was a tumor from her small intestine that was large enough to stop its function. Uh, on the bright side, Bob says, after the tumor was removed from her pituitary, she was told that she would never have children. She has now given us two beautiful grandchildren. So, chin up says Bob while there is hard work to be done there is also a light up ahead you have many many people praying for you and there is power in that prayer so Bob and Lisa thank you for your thoughts and thank you for your prayers and I'm glad to know that uh, you know what miracles do happen and and sometimes what the doctors say is going to happen doesn't and the good thing about this whole thing is that the surgeon was very very sure that the tumor was removed and the cancer was removed from my body. It didn't get to the lining of the lung and it didn't get to the lymph nodes. So this chemotherapy is more an insurance policy. And I'll take the insurance policy. It's going to suck, whatever. I'll go bald. I won't have, you know, split ends. I'll, you know, whatever. I have a good, I have a restart with my hair. I have a funny shaped head. That's the thing that's <laughs> kind of bothering me about chemo, but I've knitted myself three chemo caps and I'm on my fourth. And so no one will hopefully see my funny shaped head. Uh, that's what bald caps are for too. Yeah. 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 And you've promised me any access to all my bald caps. Yep. So it's all good. Anyone you want to wear. Uh, Dennis, I'm sorry, David, uh, writing in. Uh, Hello, Cam and family, uh, David says, from Ontario, California. He says, it was great hearing Missy on the last podcast. She sounds like she's coming along rather well. I'm still keeping all of you in my prayers. I'm sure she liked getting back in the kitchen and cooking and back to knitting. Uh, Dennis... I'm sorry, Dennis. I'm sorry, David. I keep saying Dennis uh, because I know a Dennis O'Brien. And uh, and so my brain is going there tonight. David says, my wife doesn't knit, but she does sew from time to time. It's good for the soul to get back to doing what relaxes you. It is. It's good to work. It's good to use your hands. It's good to make. Make. It's actually, that's the thing. It's the make thing. I can't work right now, Mm -hmm. but I can still make. And if yes. I can't use these hats, then I'm totally donating all of them. And and women who or men who end up with hair loss on chemotherapy are going to have some fabulous hats <laughs> and really good yarn. So, yay. So David uh, shared his story. He said, back in 77, my wife and I moved from California to Illinois, southeast of Kankakee, to work on one of my family members, to work with one of my family members. Um, on a 60-acre farm. I was to receive a 15-acre farm up in Woodstock, Illinois. Long story short, 
says David, after we moved, everything went downhill with a family member after that. We made the best of it. Bought a small house on about a half acre just east of McHenry, Illinois. We had a nice garden, fresh lettuce, carrots, corn, other stuff I don't recall. He says it all grew really well. It tasted much better than the store-bought food. But after a few years, my wife got tired of all the deep snow and the four-foot snow drifts in the mm, winter. Yeah. And so we moved back to California in the early 1980s and have been in this house for nearly 32 years. David says, I loved it living in the country, and I cannot wait to retire and get back to the country again. We would love to buy a few acres for a small family farm, room for the horse, get some pigs. Oh, you come to Virginia. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so, better than California. He says, uh, I like that Miss E makes her own salsa from the peppers in your garden, and I'm looking forward to doing the same, trying my hand at my own garden-grown barbecue sauce. He says, this coming spring, I plan on a small, very small garden to see if I can really grow something worth eating. Well, that's the best way to start, small, because right. I totally overshot it and screwed up. So go small and then expand. Um, Davis has been listening to Cam coming to this past week and hearing you talk about small town Farmville and interviewing the gentleman that has the business in Farmville, Tommy Graziano. Uh, maybe long for the country life again and get out of the city. David says, we're kind of thinking about northern Arizona, but we haven't made up our minds. We have a few years before retirement yet, and we're not in a hurry. Earlier this week, you had on one of your Cam Company uh, shows guest, a guest from the L.A. area. It might have been Stephen Cruiser, David says, and in fact it was Stephen Cruiser, David, good memory, uh, who mentioned that he was from Arizona and knows several good places in northern Arizona to live and get away from the city life. Yeah, the, the, the hidden places uh, yeah. in northern Arizona, he says. Um he says, anyway, uh, he has uh, also discovered in one of the uh, previous podcasts, I talked about uh, a book for those who are interested in getting a, uh, a small farm, Joel Salatin's book, You Can Farm, The Entrepreneur's yeah. Guide to Start and Succeed in a Farming Enterprise. So David is ordering this uh, off of Amazon. He says, um, as beautiful as Farmville looks and sounds from what I've seen on Cam and Company, I'm not sure that I can talk my wife into moving across the country, but no, I will try. I'm going to die here. He says, uh, we have enough time. Uh, not in a long can, time. Not in a long time now. No, but he, I'm going to die here. Well, David is uh, in a long time from now. Hopefully, David will uh, run into you before then. He says that he and his wife are talking about taking some mini vacations over the next few years to uh, areas that they might consider retiring. Um David, good luck with you, uh, and good luck with your wife, and I hope that you enjoy the book, and if you do take a mini vacation out Farmville Way, I hope that you'll let me know, because uh, it would be fantastic to actually meet you in person. And again, um, to everyone who wrote in, just thank you. We really do appreciate it. The email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. You can follow Missy on Instagram at cornygoatfarm. Yep. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Cam Edwards. And this has been another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. And until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And follow up with your doctors if they say something's weird because I'm not the person to follow up. And I'm so glad I did. So Final words of wisdom. Get it done. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for tuning in. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.